Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the media room at MVP Arena in Albany, New York, as we get you set for the NCAA Hockey Tournament's Albany Regional. Lots of interviews to get through here. We're going to introduce you to the interviews as we go along here. So many to, uh, too many to mention. We're going to try to squeeze them on as best we can here uh, at the Albany Regional. The teams that are here, Minnesota State and Harvard, they'll play at 12 noon on Thursday. Minnesota State, the top-ranked team in the country, but the number two seed in the tournament. And the uh, 6 o'clock game Thursday will t- be uh, Notre Dame against North Dakota. And the winners will meet Saturday. Uh, the time is yet to be determined. I'll probably wait till late Thursday night before we find out what time that game will be on Saturday. It's either going to be 4 or 6.30. But a great time here. All four teams practiced on Thursday. And like I said, with a lot of reviews and lots of uh, local ties to uh, uh, this uh, regional this weekend. Uh, let's start with uh, former union player Jack Adams. He's with Notre Dame. His third college team, of course, uh, Jack played Two seasons at Union, then missed a, his third season because of a knee injury suffered in Detroit Red Wings development camp. Uh, and uh, when Union did not play last season, he transferred to Providence, uh, spent a few games there. And then uh, this season, he's with Notre Dame and uh, had a chance to catch up with him along with my uh, Gazette colleague, Mike McGadden. We had talked to Jack about his uh, thoughts of coming here to Albany, and uh, he's, he's pretty excited. Hey, going well. I mean, how's it feel to be back here, getting ready to play uh, you know, arena you're pretty familiar with? Uh, it's kind of weird, not going to lie. Actually, a little emotional seeing Bags and Jim and Cheryl. So, probably seeing Coach Bennett tomorrow. But, yeah, it's been you know pretty hard, but just uh, pretty cool, too, being here in Notre Dame now. So When you saw the, when where Notre Dame was being placed in the region, what were your thir- first thoughts? Yeah, uh, it was just, you know, it's pretty cool, honestly. I was definitely hoping we were going to come here with everyone coming back here, and it's good for my family, not too far away. But definitely uh, still pretty, you know, Todd, wish we could have done this with the Union at some point. But obviously being here in Notre Dame, it's pretty special to, to uh, have both schools here, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. What's your year been like at Notre Dame, getting adjusted to another team? I mean, you know, Coach Jack was calling you, said he calls you grandpa because you've been here playing so long. What's it been like? I don't know why he calls that. He's pretty old himself. (laughs) But, uh, no, it's been good. It's a relative thing. You guys on your line are freshmen. Yeah, no, he gets it. But, no, it's been the first half was pretty hard after being off for, you know, two years. But I think I found my game the last, you know, month and a half and playing like myself again. But, the coaches here are great. They uh, they make it easy for all of us to get acclimated, and the culture here has been amazing. Everyone's very accepting and welcome all the new guys with open arms. So it's been uh, it's been hard, but it's been really fun too. What did it take to find your game again? Because he mentioned a couple qualities like hockey sense, which is never going to go away, and you're always going to have, but. You know, getting back into the swing of things, like what, what kind of got the light bulb on? I think, I, yeah, he, he scratched me after a Minnesota game over in uh, in January. I think that really, you know, light a, fin- a fire into my ass and kind of got me going. But I think before then I was still playing a little tentative, not really trusting my knee as much as I could. And then that game really, you know, told me I have to, you know, make some changes or I'm not going to be playing much longer. And I think that 
uh, you know, playing a lot more tenacious, harder than the puck, using my size, and if I play more hard, then I can let my hockey sense take over, and I think I've done that the last you know, few months. Since you've played at this arena twice in the Mayor's Cup, I mean, is that how much of an advantage is that for you, and what can you tell your teammates about it? Yeah, I think, I think you know the ice better, right? I mean, the ice is, you know, it's not the greatest out there, but both teams are dealing with it, so I think, you know, the boards are pretty live, but again, knowing the area, you know, how everything operates here, and having people here in your corner, like Bags and Cheryl and Jim, that all are uh, very welcoming, makes the transition definitely easier. Have you taken any time to kind of reflect on your whole saga from when you first came to Union? It seems yeah. like a long time ago, and I know you still have more to do this season, but um, yeah, I think, I think definitely. Now. Yeah, I think we'll definitely more probably after the regional. Hopefully, we can get two wins and reflect on that. But definitely, uh, you know, seeing all of them back, it's definitely you know, a little emotional. But at the same time, we have a job to do and got to take care of business tomorrow night. Any of your guys going to be there tomorrow? Uh, I know Estes is still in town. I think he wants to come. But all my all my uh, family and friends back home will probably make attendance and hopefully we can uh, get to Boston at some point too. Estes is the only. Uh, union guy? As of right now, I think a lot of guys are on spring break and join nice weather, obviously. So I think they have workouts starting pretty soon. So it's nice to uh, have Essie's in town, though. Any thoughts on uh, the union coaching situation? Uh, yeah, I know Joel, I talked to, talked to Jim for a while about it today. It's good to reconnect and talk with some guys. But he has a very good list of candidates that will all do a good job. And he's a smart guy. I'll make a good decision. Notre Dame head coach Jeff Jackson offered his thoughts about Jack Adams. Um, another great great individual um, another positive uh, aspect of bringing in grad students I mean I when I brought Jack in he had gone through an awful lot here in the last several years uh, both from a personal perspective and then the the major injury that he, he occurred uh, at the Detroit prospect camp and you know last year he, he kind of made that move uh, mid-season when Union season ended you know, went to Providence. He actually, we actually were trying to get him in midseason last year. Um, then I, you know, we couldn't get him in from a transfer perspective as an undergrad transfer. As a grad transfer, the, at the end of the year, we were able to, and the NCAA, NCAA gave him the okay for a second transfer just because of everything he had gone through plus COVID. He's been a real, I mean, he's been a difference maker in the locker room. And I've really tried put my arm around the kid and help him through getting his game back because he lost two full years, basically. And that's hard to do, especially if you're a 6'5 kid, you know, that, you know, he had a good sophomore year at Union, you know, and then the injury happened and then he never really found his game and he's found it here. It's taken some time, you know, for him to get that, that intensity level up to where it needed to be you know, get his, his body back, you know, with his skating. And his, he's got tremendous puck skills, and he's got really good hockey sense. He's one of the smartest players on our team. But the intensity lacked, and he, you know, because of it, he was, he's been playing with two freshmen for, for the most part of the year. And, you know, he's, uh, he's I, I call him grandpa, and I keep hearing about it because he is. He's an older player playing with two real, the youngest guy, one of the youngest guys in college hockey, Justin Janicki. So, um, but they've all of a sudden, as a, as a threesome, they've they've become really an effective line for us, and they've scored quite a bit here in the last six weeks. So, and Jack's a big part of that in in how he plays the game. But you know, I'm, I am very proud of him because it was a process, and he was patient with it. And I told him he would need to be patient when he came in because I knew it was going to take him some time to find his game, and he's finally found it here in the last six weeks. Jackson brings Notre Dame back to Albany for the second consecutive year. 
However, the Fighting Irish did not play last year because they had some COVID issues and were forced to withdraw from the tournament. Jackson, very familiar with uh, the arena here in downtown Albany. Back in 1992, when it was called Knickerbocker Arena, Jackson was the head coach at Lake Superior State, and they beat Wisconsin in the championship game. That game remembered most for the Wisconsin's behavior toward referee Tim McConaughey. Uh, They were not happy with the way he officiated that game. They tried to get after him after the game, and they were penalized by the NCAA. They were stripped of their second-place finish. Jackson talked about his remembrances of uh, last year and 1992. Well, after what we went through here last year, uh, obviously this is a a much better situation. You know, getting here, earning the opportunity to play here last year, we're in the same locker room, we're a different hotel, but, you know, we didn't even get a chance to practice before we were, you know, told that we were done. So, you know, for, you know, I, I just... Have been emphasizing the importance for our guys just to recognize, you know, be, be grateful for the opportunity to play. You know, last year should, if anything, you know, for me is all about gratitude and being how fortunate we are to be able to be in this game and play this game. You know, based on what we went through last year, is just be grateful for the the opportunity to play and enjoy the experience of being here. Obviously, we're playing to win and you know, playing to get to the Frozen Four, but. You know, it's just trying try to embrace the moment, you know, because you only get so many kicks to the can, so you need to take advantage of when you get those opportunities. And your memories of 92? Uh, it, it's been talked about a lot here in the last few weeks. I've, I've been getting text messages from my old Laker players, uh, even late last night, Vinny Fauche, he, he actually set up the game-winning goal by Brian Ralston, uh, whose son now plays for me. So, yeah, I mean, I remember the game-winning goal. I remember Tom Mees on the play-by-play at ESPN talking about a loose glove laying on the ice right before we scored the game winner. He's busy talking about the, the glove on the ice, and we're rushing down the ice and scoring the game winner. But, um, no, I, it, it was uh, – it, for me, it was a big, big step for our program because the year prior may have been the most talented team I've ever had um, at Lake Superior State. Dougie Wade, Jimmy Dowd, and, you know, there was a – I think 13 seniors on that team, and we lost our discipline in the NCAA regional. Um, and, the, and the year after that, we were very disciplined, and the opposing team that day, you know, lost their discipline. And it was a big difference in why we won. Another person with Frozen Four memories is North Dakota assistant coach Carl Gehring. Gehring was the goaltender for the uh, North Dakota team in 2001 when they took on Boston College in a rematch of the 2000 championship that was played in Providence. North Dakota won that year 4-2 over Boston College in Providence, but Boston College got revenge, winning 3-2 in overtime. Carl talked about that uh, with me and some other things. Question, what are your memories of uh, playing here? Because obviously you guys lost the in overtime in the championship game to Boston College. Sure. Uh, obviously, you know, Fun time to always be playing as a as a college player, and uh, great memories to get here. Obviously, uh, you know, disappointed in uh, the result there, but when you look back, being a little bit older now, uh, you know, just thankful for the time and thankful for the opportunity to be in those great games, and uh, certainly thought that was one of them. Yeah, what do we remember about that whole experience? I think you guys beat Michigan State in the first game because Ryan Miller was the old world, ended up winning the Hobie Baker that year. Uh, and you guys are defending champs coming in here because you beat Boston College the year before down in Providence. So what was the, the mindset like coming here to Albany and defending the championship? 
Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, again, ex- excitement to be here, excitement for the opportunity for our group here. And, um, you know, there's there's always different storylines along the way. And, and certainly that first game going against a great goaltender and Ryan Miller and a, and a great team in Michigan State there was, uh, you know, something that we were excited to uh, have the opportunity to do. And then uh, seeing what ended up being kind of our, our old foal there in BC again, um, you know, I, our mindset was always just excited to, to be playing and to have that opportunity and to continue to be around our group. I was looking at your bio on the uh, North Dakota webpage, and goaltenders, what do goaltenders know about power plays? <laughs> I mean, goaltenders are supposed to be the guys who are stopping the power yeah. plays. They say that's, you know, that's the number one penalty killer, but what do you know about helping the power plays? They've improved under you. Well, I, I think that's the uh, unique thing from a goaltender's perspective, right? We, we, we've seen the hard, hard power plays to defend. Uh, and so for me, I always kind of take that look as, you know, what, what were the hardest things? What, are, what do I want to try to create? And what do I want to do to help put our guys in those best scenarios? So um, it, it's been really fun. It's uh, been really fun to be on the flip side of the coin and uh, definitely using a lot of experience from my goaltending days for it. We'll have some more interviews coming up from uh, Wednesday's uh, practice sessions and uh, the media press conferences. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in New York. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Union Women's Hockey Coach Josh Skiba. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast here in uh, MVP Arena in Albany. I'm uh, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott, getting you ready for the NCAA Hockey Regionals here starting Thursday. Uh, Caught up with a couple of Harvard players who were in the Olympics for Team USA, uh, Nick Abruzzese and Sean Farrell. Uh, We'll start with uh, Abruzzese, followed by Farrell. Give me a sense of what it was like uh, when you found out you were going to go to the Olympics uh, after the NHL bowed out. What was the excitement level like? Oh, man, that was incredible. Probably the happiest moment of my life uh, up to this point. Um, it was pretty quick because the NHL found out in late December, early January, and then yeah, we got a call, our coach got a call saying that I was potentially going to be on a list of guys to make the team, and then found out a couple of days later I was. So it happened pretty quickly, but uh, no, it was as sure as you can imagine. It was it was incredible. Was there any concern because of the COVID situation, obviously over in China and everything? Was that uh, a concern of yours? To maybe you were a little hesitant about going over? I think once we found out like what the exact guidelines were going to be, not really because we there's a lot of different hearsay about you know four-week quarantine if you tested positive which turned out not to be the case so I think once we found out that the guidelines were manageable I, th- I think there's really no hesitation. You guys you know, played well in the in the preliminary round going 3-0 beat Canada because that's obviously a big rival. Going into the, the medal round the you know, quarterfinals I mean, did you guys feel confident that you're going to at least get a medal? Yeah I mean I think going into the yeah once we I think really from the start we, we thought we had gold medal aspirations and we definitely thought we had a team that could, but you know, kind of like this tournament, it, once you get to that point, it's winner go home. And 
Uh, I think that, you know, any one of us would give anything to get back to that position against Slovakia and, you know, stunk the way it happened, giving up a goal in less than a minute and then losing in a shootout. That was, that was pretty tough. Uh, but, you know, all things considered, uh, it was a great experience overall, and I, th I think that that's what we'll think about uh, as the years pass. Uh, you had World. Sean, just talk to me about the whole experience uh, going over to Beijing. I yeah. mean, it obviously came suddenly because the NHL, you yeah. know, bowed out of the the, the uh, Olympics. So, when you got the word you were going, what was the what was the like? Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. I think, I mean, having the chance to represent my country on any stage is crazy, but um, the Olympics is is a whole other level. Um, so, I'm um, obviously it like all came together super quick. So, uh, when I found out, uh, it, it was a little bit unexpected. Because um, I think obviously I knew they were they were, they were pull, pulling from college guys and pro guys, so they didn't really know what the team would look like. So um, finally getting the call was was a great moment. Any concerns going over there because of the COVID situation? No, not really. I think um, like the USOPC and USA Hockey did a great job of, of making sure we were we were ready with you know uh, technology and and kind of briefing us on on everything we had to know before we got over there. You guys you know, had a great preliminary round going 3-0, you know, heading into the medal round. What was the mood like heading into the medal round? Um, yeah, we, we felt good going into the medal round. Uh, we felt like our team was, was playing really good hockey, and, I mean, we knew that the games were going to be really close, and, and uh, obviously it, it, it was really unfortunate what, what happened there, losing in a shootout, but, um, you know, I'm still really proud of that team and, and proud to be a part of it. And how disappointing was that the way that ended? Because obviously you're about a minute or so away from getting to the semifinals, and then Slovakia gets a late goal, and of course they end up yeah. winning the shootout. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was devastating. I mean, I think um, it, we we didn't play play our best game, but we definitely played good enough to win. And and, and it's it's unfortunate that it, it had to come down to a shootout. Um, I think you know we had a bunch of good chances in OT to, to end it, and just just couldn't find one. And um, you know, that's a, it's on on the guys who. Who didn't score in the shootout? Uh, our goalie did a great job, so it's, it's I mean, it, it was really tough. Of course, you have a little bit of a reunion here with uh, Mike Hastings. He was an assistant there, one of the um, uh, St. Cloud, uh, not St. Cloud, but uh, Minnesota State players of, uh, over there. So, I mean, if, so what's it going to be like to face those guys again? This this time as enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's a little different. Like uh, obviously they got Nathan Smith, who, you know, it's really fun to play with him over there, and and Coach Hastings. It was it was great to play for him as well. But um, obviously it, we're we're kind of kind of enemies this weekend, and we're we're gonna go at it and, and give them everything we got. We've already heard from uh, Jeff Jackson. Let's hear some from some of the other coaches. We'll start with Minnesota State coach Mike Hastings. Everybody up on the dance. You guys are the number one ranked team in the country coming into this tournament, but the number two seed. Do you feel a little slighted that you're not the number one overall seed? Uh, you know what? At the end of the day, we, you know, they put together criteria that will be judged by. We knew what it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, it is what it is, and, and as this tournament has shown multiple times. Even in the time that this young group has been with us, you know, with one being in his third year uh, and, and others a little bit longer than that, this tournament's about getting in. Because once you get in, it's, it's everybody's record goes away. You, you win, you stay, you lose, you go home. So at the end of the day, you know what, the, the rankings are what they are. Um, 
I guess the word that everybody uses now is you've got to go prove it. So we've got to go out and earn the opportunity to be here on Saturday. And so I don't think it's being slighted. I just think it's it's we knew what the criteria was coming in and you win the games that you can win uh, and put yourself in a be- best position to have the opportunity to be in this tournament. And that's what we've done. Up next is Harvard head coach Ted Donato. Look at this roster that Minnesota State has. You know, four guys, uh, 40 points. Uh, Sandlin with, leads with 21 goals, a great goaltender, and uh, uh, Dryden McKay. What is it going to take to penetrate uh, that Minnesota State offense and defense? To stop the, or to stop the offense and get some uh, goals on uh, uh, Dryden? Well, obviously, uh, I think they... They have a great mix. Uh, you know, when you when you only lose five games uh, on the season, um, you know they've they've got uh, great special teams, excellent goaltending, uh, and and play great team defense. So, uh, you know, this is an experienced team that's had a lot of success over the last few years with a with a great coach and and, uh, and Mike Hastings. So, uh, good challenge for us. But um, I think we have some things that uh, we do well, and we have a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, in our ability, and this is a great test for us, but uh, one that we're super excited about. Finally, North Dakota head coach Brad Burry. He spoke about the injury that sidelined defenseman Jake Sanderson. Talk about not being able to have Jake Sanderson for this tournament, and your thoughts about Notre Dame. Well, first of all, with Jake out of our lineup, obviously he's an elite player. Uh, you know, he made an impact when he was in our lineup, but to say that, you know, he's been out of our lineup for an extended period of time this year due to injury and due to World Junior in the Olympics, and, and our guy, our guys didn't miss a beat. Our, our guys worked extremely hard. Our guys won games without him in our lineup, and it's the same with right now. We've got that business-like mentality, and, and we've got really good players in our lineup here that, uh, you know, we play as a team, and, and uh, we, we feel that we're going to have an excellent chance to keep moving forward here tomorrow with uh, the group that we got. One of the players that address that? Yeah, obviously Sandy's an elite player, and we love him. And uh, it's, it's nice to have in the lineup. But like Coach said, we you know it's about the guys we do have in the room at the time. So um, obviously we, we would take him back, but we have to go to battle with the guys that we do have in the lineup, and we're, we're confident in that. And then the second part of your question about Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. So very a lot of respect for Jeff Jackson as a group. Uh, they play the right way. Uh, they play a hard, heavy game. Uh, they, there's not a lot of time and space out there, and perennially every year they're they're a tough team to play against. And you know we haven't played them in a long time. I think it's 10 plus years, and you know obviously we're excited about uh, the matchup and uh, looking forward to the game tomorrow because that's going to be an ultimate college hockey game with two hard, heavy teams. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. New York High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. 
This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. What's going on, everybody? My name is Freddie Coleman, host of ESPN Radio's Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The Week 5 winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is Jamison Hayes of Mayfield. Jamison wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Jamison. There was a six-way tie for the VIP winners. I'll announce the winner of the contest, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. If you would like to play in the auto racing contest, go to dailygazette.com and click the auto racing contest banner. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank everyone who talked to me on Wednesday. I'll have post-game podcast on Thursday. If you have questions or comments about the podcast or college hockey questions in general, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From MVP Arena in Albany, New York, good day, good hockey.